Stories! We all have them! Some have oceans, some only a few drops. But we have a rain barrel and a lot of time. Also, get off our lawn, you kids! I'm keeping this frisbee! Instead, catch this story! Welcome to Fuzztown Stories! Today's tale? All quilt on the western front! The Siberian front was cold. This went without saying. Yet people were always saying it. Damn, it's cold. They'd say that. Also, why am I so cold? How do we even feel cold? Why must puppets feel cold? It's true that puppets didn't feel most things. Nuzzles, sure. Hugs, yes. And cold. Being a puppet was weird. The snow was deep in the unfuzzed lands of Siberia. And snow was bad for puppets. Rot, mildew, the sog. The sog was the worst of it. It's when your body got too wet and heavy and you just sort of sloshed around. Unless you were too heavy to even move. They'd sent several giant hair dryers to the front. Those worked for a while, but then they broke. So clotheslines were strung up around the base, and the soggiest soldiers were pinned and left to drip dry. The higher-ups called the Siberian War the Quilt Front. No one knew why. Probably because everything was quilt or blanket or fur or fuzz. It seemed arbitrary at times, like war in general. What was the goal? Subdue the fleshies? Sure. Put them in camps? You bet. Then what? There will still be snow. There will still be rocks and unfuzzed things. But none of this mattered much to Buttons McGee, a private guarding a fuzz center near the city of Talnock. Buttons didn't care much about the history of the fuzz or the war. He just wanted to pay for college. Fuzz U was very expensive, and even after the world went to fuzz, free college tuition was a pipe dream. And his pipe dream was to drain pipes as a pipe-draining pipe plumber. Why he needed an advanced degree from a fancy private university instead of a technical school was unclear. But Fuzzyu did have an urban cylinder studies program. Plus, buttons liked their mascot, Fuzzer Beater. He'd run out during halftime and do cartwheels. Again, this might not be the best reason to seek an advanced degree from an expensive private university. But the heart wants what the heart wants. Not that the fuzzed have hearts. They just have stuffing. But a lot of the old metaphors and phrases stuck around. Buttons would often spend his off hours talking about pipes and pipe-related anecdotes. Plumbing in the fuzz world had unique challenges, as yarn water didn't behave like old regular water. More tangles and snarls. He liked talking about snarls. The other members of his platoon were less interested. The rest of the army mostly talked about the unfuzzed lands. How to beat them. If the war would even end. Buttons McGee had heard all sorts of talk and whispers around camp. Some of the Fleestopians really felt the world couldn't be healed until everything was fuzz. Rumors. So many rumors. His bunkmates would sometimes talk late into the night about conspiracy theories they heard. Argyle, a thin fuzzball, said that the scientist Furman Von Fuzz was working on a fuzz ray that could turn things to fuzz. But Mutton Chop Charlie said that was just junk talk by puppets who would believe anything. 
This got into a whole big argument about fuzz weapons. Why not detonate another fuzzatronic bomb? Or like a bunch of them? Mutton Chop added that some science jerk working at some jerk place had said there was a chance another fuzzatronic bomb could turn the whole atmosphere into blankets. And that would smother the planet and we'd all go belly up. But Mutton Chop said it was probably worth it. Better to die in lint than live unfuzzed. Buttons disagreed. He didn't want to die in lint. Coward, Mutton Chop scoffed and said most of the soft-butted peace fluffs back home didn't understand the conflict, didn't understand the need to turn the whole world fuzzy. It wasn't just politics, it was destiny. The perfect fuzzy world foretold in the Book of Felt. This was a crusade. Fighting on the quilt front was a lot of talk, and marching, and patching up fuzz holes. Lots of patching. Not that any of that kept out the cold, or the sog. Some say East Africa was worse, but at least that was contained. Same with New Jersey. Once they were able to cordon off the snack corridor, it was easy to declare New Jersey a no-man's land. But Siberia was unique. Buttons had seen some of that firsthand when he was sent on recon missions with Mutton Chop Charlie near the Deldecon River. The Deldecon was in pre-fuzz times, mostly known for being the most polluted river in Russia. It had turned a deep red due to runoff from nickel smelting. It was called an environmental disaster. A tragedy. That's what the river was famous for. But that was before. Now it was called the River of the Dead because all those people died because of the Accident River. That name was very unwieldy and poorly thought out especially because of the word river being repeated. But the name, the River of the Dead, because all those people died because of the Accident River, had stuck. The accident was what they called the attack on the flesh fighters in the city of Norilsk. The accident. If you can call a massacre an accident. Apparently it was some new weapon, but its effects were extreme. The army felt it was necessary to be extreme. They said the folks back home like extreme measures. There was even that fuzz TV show, Extreme Doctor, about a skateboarding fur doctor who always ollied over his patients while performing stuffing surgeries. It was very popular, but this was too extreme. What exactly happened? No one knew, but there were lots of rumors and chatter. But then the hires-up shut it all down and threatened to sog anyone who even talked about it. The whole thing was classified, then double classified. They said they were building a rocket to shoot the files on the Norilsk accident into the sun. That's how serious it was. Space serious. All Buttons knew was that it was a Class A screw-up. And now he and Mutton Chop would periodically be sent to look for pieces of a broken weapon that didn't officially exist on recon missions that were classified before they even started. For some reason, Buttons was always paired with Mutton Chop Charlie, and Buttons always wondered what he did wrong in his past life to be stuck with her. Mutton Chop Charlie, a former female bodybuilder who had turned into a green fluffy bear puppet, was tough, angry, and loved to punch. Buttons and Mutton Chop didn't see eye to eye on most things, in part because of their upbringing and in part because Mutton Chop was a good foot and a half taller than Buttons. 
Buttons hated being paired with Mutton Chop, but that wasn't even the worst thing about the missions. The worst thing was the air. It was thick, like fog, but not fog. It actually was small pieces of lint, almost like snowflakes, except they didn't fall. They just sort of hung in the air. You could move them with your hands, and they just sort of floated away. The residue of... something. They called it walking in the velvet fog. Officially, it didn't exist. Unofficially, during R&R, soldiers would swap stories about it, or just nod knowingly. If you'd walked through the velvet fog, you knew. Something went wrong. Terribly, terribly wrong. Buttons and Mutton Chop pushed through the fog and searched for whatever might be of interest to the higher-ups. Buttons shivered. It was eerie. Like spooky eerie, not like Lake Erie. Though sometimes Lake Erie was spooky as well. Button's uncle had a farm on the lake, and he'd spend summers taking care of the goats. That was before the fuzzing. One night he was out by the lake throwing rocks at it, because that's what you do. At any time you can knock a great lake down a peg, why not? But then he saw a strange black shape under the water. It was large and alien. The water started to roil and churn, and several odd humps broke the surface. Buttons didn't stay to see what the shape was. He ran. He wished he could run now. Mutton Chop Charlie hit him. She told him to stop getting that faraway stare like you're remembering something from your past. The past is stupid, she said, and you're stupid. Now let's find that piece and then scoot. It was good advice. A good plan. They walked along the shoreline. It was just debris and corpses. And not interesting corpses like you'd put in a museum. Just regular sad dead soldiers and civilians. Puppet slime gathered at Button's eyes. Mutton Chop hit him again. She said crying is dumb because it's war and that's that. Then she said they should split up to cover more ground. Also, she didn't want to catch Button's sad whoosh disease. She headed off. Button's focused on the positive. The scholarship. The drain pipes. All the yarn he'd unclog. He was sick of looking. He sat against a broken bit of something. A house, a car, hospital. It really could have been anything. Now it was nothing. Just broken. A scar of war. Buttons leaned against it, and he waited. He smiled, thinking about pipes. He heard Mutton Chop clomping around somewhere deep in the velvet fog. Soon, he thought, soon he could finally go home and laugh at Fuzzer Beater doing cartwheels. Soon he'd be deep in wonderful debt on snarling yarn water. Sure, his army enlistment had no end date, but... And yeah, war was dumb and cold and weird, but it had to end eventually. Right? Fuzz Town Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Riglieri. Today's episode was read by Graham Rowett. Look for updates on Season 3 out next spring on Twitter at The Pod Musical. Look for answers in that hole you dug in the garden last night. What does it mean? Why does this keep happening? 
As always, thanks for listening and have a suntabulous bicuspid of a day. Can't get enough for the House of Sunshine? Then join me, Numola historian Lyman Keys, in the Himalaya Plus section, where you'll get commentaries, special exclusive episodes where I answer your questions about Numola and beyond, as well as a community to chat with fellow Sunshine fans. Join Himalaya Plus and speak with the creators about the show and get exclusive updates and access. I'll see you in Himalaya Plus, Lyman Keys. Liban at you in Himalaya Plus. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.